Shalom, brothers and sisters. I'm Sid, Brother Sid, and I have Brother Corey assisting me today. We're going to go into a timely lesson on what is an honorable and virtuous woman. We're going to see what the Bible has to say about being a virtuous woman. Now, in this society, witches and Wiccans, sorcerers are who they promote to be, you know, the most popular, the most charismatic, right? Um, The most problematic also. But we're going to go into, you know, not what the television tell us a virtuous woman is. Because a lot of sisters, when they come into the truth, that's the question they ask. It's how do I, am I a virtuous woman? How do I be a virtuous woman? Especially young girls. So, you know, we wanted to put this out there because, you know, in our history, our women did some powerful things. And we're going to go into some of the sisters that have done things in the past for us. Everybody knows Rebecca, Rachel, Leah, you know, Sarah. So we're not going to go into them. We're going to go into some other sisters who don't get as much shine, but have helped us immensely. So we're going to we're going to go into the history today, guys. We're going to start with Romans 15 and four. Romans 15, verse four. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now it says aforetime. That means before. So the things that were written before were written for our learning. Those things are the Bible. So anything that a woman or a brother want to know, a child, you can find it in the Bible. If a brother want to know how do he flourish and be a man of God, that's in the Bible. If a sister want to know how to be a virtuous woman or how to identify that or raise her daughter maybe to be that, you can find that in the scriptures. So we're not going to deal with what society, you know, with the R&B music and the celebrities deem to be. A virtuous and honorable woman. We're going to see what the Bible has to say about it. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. See, so we have hope through the scriptures. So we're going to go into the scriptures to see what the scriptures have to say. Because this society wants to give women what they call freedom. The women's liberal movement. And what they tell you freedom is, you know, you can eat whatever you want, wear whatever you want, sleep with whoever you want. You can even sleep with a woman if you want to. So you can do whatever you want as a woman. And that's supposed to be freedom. But really, what you'll find out is that Satan's brand of freedom is actually confusion. That's what you'll find out today. Let's go to John 8 and 32 to show you what true freedom is. Because it's not what they're portraying. Let's go to John 8 and 32. New Testament. Gospel. John 8, verse 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. See, so true freedom, freedom is actually true, according to the Bible. That's what freedom actually is. Not what society is teaching us. And they're aiming it towards our sisters. Why? Because they know the sisters control the home. Typically, the sisters control the home. They spend the most time with the children. And it's really about the children. So how do you get to the children? Through mama. That's how you get through through big mama, through grandma, through auntie. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. See? So freedom, sisters, brothers, freedom is truth. And we're going to go into the truth of what the scriptures deem to be a virtuous woman. Now, this isn't to attack anybody. This is actually for brothers also, because they may be looking for a virtuous woman. So it's not to say, sisters, you need to mold yourself like this. It's not that at all. 
we're just going to go into the history so you can identify what some of our strong sisters did to save our nation in the past. Now, we're going to go to Second uh, Peter 2 and 19. Second Peter verse uh, chapter 2, verse 19. Because, you know, what we said was Satan's brand of, you know, freedom is actually confusion. We're actually going to prove that to you because the people who are trying to give you these freedoms are actually slaves themselves. You'll find out. Second Peter 2 verse 19. While they promised them liberty. Read that again. While they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption for of whom a man is overcome. Of the same is he brought in bondage. It says of whom a man is overcome. So if a man's particular issue is drug use or fornication, then he's actually a servant or in bondage to that sin that he's dealing with. As sisters also. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 19. While they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome... Of the same as he brought in bondage. Right. So those politicians, the female politicians too, right? Um, Hillary Clinton, like Condoleezza Rice. These sisters want to give women liberties. And it's not to say sisters shouldn't have liberties, but certain liberties nobody should have, women or men. They, they're giving you liberties and freedoms that we don't deserve, actually. We shouldn't be able to worship another God. That's not something we should be able to do. We should not be able to just rightfully go spend money on the Sabbath. Everything should be closed. But they're actually giving you the ability to break the law. Uh, read that one more time, brother. Verse 19. While they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom, for of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. Right, so Hillary Clinton, who wants to give women all these rights, even to you know choose if a baby die or not, she's actually a slave herself. So these liberties that they're trying to give you actually do the opposite of give you liberty. It actually takes your freedom. We're going to prove that. We're going to Proverbs 31 and 30. These are the things that a virtuous woman, these are her characteristics. Brothers should pay attention to this. Young men who may be looking for a Looking for a uh, virtuous woman? One second. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 30. Proverbs 31, verse 30. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Right, see, so are we going here to say that it's bad to be beautiful? No, <laughs> that's not what we're saying, because the children of Israel are very beautiful. The scripture is going to tell you that over and over again. What we are saying is that it's seamless <clears throat> to only be cognizant of that physical attribute. Brothers also in this society, especially in America, we just we looking at how a sister's hair is, you know, what's her shape, what's her eyes. We're making decisions solely based on physical attributes and beauty. And that's vanity. That's vain. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 30. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. See, a woman that feareth the Lord. That's the, and if you fear the Lord, what do you do? You keep his commandments. Mm -hmm. So that's number one, um, you know, that should be number one on the list of a virtuous woman is to fear the most high, praise the most high and keep his commandments. See, not how she look or how she's shaped or she got the new shoes or who got the best purse. 
It shouldn't be about that, but it is nowadays. It is. Especially in, you know, dealing with youngsters, you know, in that, you know, late teenage years, early 20s. You know, it's about that. And I understand I was that age. I was like that at one time. But now we're, we're, we're focused on nation building. We're back to trying to build a nation. We're not, you know, a lot of us know who we are. We're not into, we're past the stage of arguing with people in order for us, for them to believe we're Israel. We, we're past that stage. We know we're Israel, regardless whether you want to admit it or not. We're focused on us and just building. So this is where we build. This is how we build. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 30. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Right. So a woman that feareth the <clears throat> Lord shall be praised from her husband, from, you know, her, fam- her family, her friends, her children. Brothers, this is what we should be looking for. Number one, does this sister follow the Most High? Does she fear the Most High? Is she open-minded to learning new things about the Most High? As long as it's the Bible, of course, not any other guy. See, these are the things that we should be looking at, brothers. Sisters, this is the thing. If you're trying to figure out if a sister or friend that you know may be virtuous, it may not even be you. You may be virtuous already. You may be looking to see if your friend that you like to hang out with or that likes to come by all the time, is she a virtuous woman? Can she be trusted? All right. We're going to Isaiah 51. Isaiah 51 and 1. Isaiah 51, verse 1. Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness. Ye that seek the Lord, look unto the rock once ye are hewn. Read that again. Look unto the rock once ye are hewn. And to the hole of the pit once ye are digged. Right. See, so it's saying, look unto that rock. That rock is our origin, where we came from, our foremothers, our forefathers. That's what it's saying. Look at where we came from, our past, the brothers and sisters who are written about in Scripture. That's what we should look at. Brother, could you read Isaiah 51 and 1 once again? Verse 1. Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord. Look unto the rock whence ye are hewn. Into the hole of the pit, which ye are digged. See, so we must look at what became, what came beforehand. That's what we're looking at. So we're going to go today and look at our foremothers and how they acted. Because these are the sisters that we're trying to mimic. These are the sisters we're trying to raise. This is the type of sister that you should be, be trying to befriend. Or, you know, make your future wife. According to scripture. Alright, we're going to Judges 4 and 4. Judges chapter 4. We're going to read verse 4. Now, when you read Judges, you need to know some social background. During this time, Israel was falling off. They were going astray. So the Most High set up judges in order to judge Israel. So you would need to know that in order to understand what's getting ready to transpire. Uh, Judges 4 and 4, brother. Judges 4, verse 4. And Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lepidoth, she judged Israel at that time. Now, Deborah, to prove to you that Deborah or Deborah was a judge of Israel, that can't be denied. See? So, to prove to you that the Most High dealt with women on a high degree. 
Now, do this mean that she's going to be over church or something now? No, not at all. No, not at all. She's a prophetess. And we're going to show you who is a prophet or a prophetess according to scripture. Just so we have an understanding. Because some sisters will say, well, see, look, she was a prophetess. Now, I should be the leader of this church, the, the woman pastor of this church or the bishop now. Or I should have a congregation now. And that's not what happened here. We're going to prove it. Let's go to Numbers 12 and 6 to show you what a prophetess is. Brother, read Numbers 12 and 6 one more time, please. Numbers 12, verse 6. And he said, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. So a prophet or prophetess is somebody that the Most High speaks to through visions. So we need to give you a background so you have an understanding of what a prophetess or what a prophet is according to the Bible. Now, Deborah... She dealt with poetry and the Most High showed her things through poetry. That was her gift. And she was set up as a judge because she was righteous. This was a sister. Now, let's go back to Judges. You want to go to Judges back to four and four. Judges four, verse four. And Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lepidoth, she judged Israel at that time. And she dwelt under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Beth and Bethel and Mount Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. See, so the children of Israel went to this sister for judgment. Now, if the Most High set this sister up as a judge, then you know she must have had a serious relationship with the Most High. A sister, too? Look, go, continue, brother. Verse 6. And she sent and called Barak, the son of Abinoam. Out of Kadesh, Naphtali, and said unto him, Hath not the Lord God of Israel commanded, saying, Go and draw toward Mount Tabor, and take with thee ten thousand men of the children of Naphtali, and of the children of Zebulun? And I will draw unto thee to the river Kishon, Sisera, the captain of Jabin's army. Right, so Sisera was the captain of Jabin's army. So this was a war that was getting ready to transpire. We were going against our enemies here. And Deborah was telling them, okay, this is what you need to do. This is what the Most High is saying. Read that scripture one more time, brother. Verse 7. And I will draw unto thee to the river Kishon, Sisera, the captain of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitude. And I will deliver him into thine hand. See, so he, the Most High will deliver Sisera into Barak's hands. Continue, brother. Verse 8. And Barak said unto her, If thou wilt go with me, then I will go. But if thou wilt not go with me, then I will not go. See, so now he's frightened. He's saying, if, she, if you don't go, Deborah, then I'm not going. See, this is, what he, this is what he's saying to her. Continue, brother. To show you how much, excuse me, to show you how much faith they had in this sister. They wanted her alongside. Continue, brother. Verse 9. And she said, I will surely go with thee. Notwithstanding the journey that thou takest shall not be for thine for thine honor, for the Lord shall sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. And Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. Right. See, so the Most High, she was saying that the Most High is going to deliver Sisera, um, you know, subdue him through the strength of a woman. So that's we want to show you this. We want to show you what some of our sisters did because. 
you know, traditionally, our sisters get a bad rap. They say, you know, our sisters got attitudes. And I'm talking about all of Israel. Our sisters have attitudes. They're money hungry. They're materialistic. They don't listen. They're hard-headed. This is all the things that we they don't clean. I had a brother actually tell me that. That, you know, well, you know, you know, new, newer, newer Jews, newer black girls, they don't like to clean and cook. I'm like, brother, what black girl are you talking about that don't like to clean and cook? <laughs> you living underneath of a rock. I think you saw that on TV because that's not real. I don't know none of our sisters that's not clean. I'm sure there's some of our people who are not, but the majority of us, come on now, you can't be serious. So we want to dispel some of those myths that's out there about our sisters and prove that our sisters were strong and they did some things for us to deliver us from the hand of the enemy. What scripture did you leave off on, brother? I just finished nine. All right, we're going to jump to 16 through 22. Verse 16. But Barak pursued after the chariots and after the host until Harosheth of the Gentiles. And all the host of Sisera fell upon the edge of the sword, and there was not a man left. Right, so Sisera's army was taken down. There was not a man left, but one. Continue, brother. Verse 17. Howbeit Sisera fled away on his feet to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber, the Kenite. For there was peace between Jabin, the king of Hazor, and the house of Heber, the Kenite. Right, so Heber was a Kenite. Now Jael was his wife. Now Jael is going to deliver us. Watch what happens. So, Sisera is on the run now. He's looking to be secluded or concealed. So, look at what he does. Continue, brother. Verse 18. And Jael went out to meet Sisera and said unto him, Turn in, my lord, turn in to me, fear not. And when he had turned in unto her into the tent, she covered him with a mantle. Right. So, he ran into her tent. She acted as if, she was going to conceal him and hide him because he's running. All of his army have been destroyed. Continue, brother. Verse 19. And he said unto her, Give me, I pray thee, a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. And she opened a bottle of milk and gave him drink and covered him. Again he said unto her, Stand in the door of the tent, and it shall be when any man doth come and inquire of thee and say, Is there any man here? That thou shalt say no. So he told her, go stand outside of the tent because they're out there looking for us. And if somebody come and ask, is there a man? Did a man run in here? Say no. So right now, she have already gained this brother's confidence. See? Using her wits. Using her smarts. Continue, brother. Verse 21. Then Jael, Heber's wife, took a nail of the tent. And took a hammer in her hand. Now it says in the nail of a tent. You have to realize during this time, tents were held up with what you would call a tent peg. It's a nail that would hold up the tent. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 21. Then Jael, Heber's wife, took a nail of the tent and took a hammer in her hand and went softly unto him and smote the nail into his temples and fastened it into the ground. For he was fast asleep and weary. So he died. Right. So here's the Most High using a woman to subdue our adversary. He's sleeping. He thinks that she's watching. She takes the tent peg and hits it so hard that it touched the ground underneath of his head. Look at this. And you may think this is brutal, but you have to understand the circumstances. We were in war. So a lot of times, you know, we give our sisters a hard time about things. You know, we're really rough on them. But they went into captivity with us, brothers. It wasn't just us. So while we, you know, how we feel and everything that have happened to us, those are our women. 
Those are our sisters, our mothers, our daughters, and they was there too. We got to realize that. We got to remember that. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 21. Then Jael, Heber's wife, took a nail of the tent and took a hammer in her hand and went softly unto him and smote the nail into his temples and fastened it into the ground. For he was fast asleep and weary. So he died. And behold, as Barak pursued Sisera, Jael came out to meet him and said unto him, Come, and I will show thee the man whom thou seekest. And when he came into her tent, behold, Sisera lay dead, and the nail was in his temple. See? Look at that. So this is one of our sisters right here. This was J.L. This was our sister J.L. Now remember, Deborah, who was the prophetess, told him that Sisera would be delivered to you by the hands of a woman. Yep. See? The Most High do use women. And we got to recognize that and respect that, brothers. And sisters have to respect that, too, because why? Because there's work for you to do. Maybe because you're not teaching the Bible or breaking down scriptures or, you know, maybe because you're not on the front line don't mean that there's not work to be done. But there is work to be done. And the Most High will use you all. So don't think that you're just here to be administration because you're not here to be ministration. You're here to bring a brick also, maybe a smaller brick. But we're going to do this thing together. We're nation building. This is how we nation build. We have to show our sisters what's a righteous, virtuous, honorable woman according to scripture. So our sisters can mimic themselves after this. Because a lot of we grew up in captivity in Babylon. The daughter of Babylon have had a, a profound effect on us because they have. They have tricked our sisters. They have seduced our sisters into thinking that being free and loose is virtuous. And it's not. It's not at all. And we're going to prove it. Let's go to. <clears throat> let's go back to. Uh, let's go back to. Let's go back to. Actually, let's just go to First Peter 3 and 5. First Peter 3, verse 5. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. Now, we went to this scripture because we uh, something came to my mind. And I know that there's going to be some sisters out there who saying, OK, well, there was prophetess. So now I need to be in charge of the church. So we needed to just go and show you that even though she was a prophetess, she was still in order. See, so the women that the Most High used were in order. They weren't overrunning their man, regardless if they were the prophetess or whatever was going on. They were still in order. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 5. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. See, so it said in old times. This story we're reading is in the Old Testament. This was in old times. He told us to look at the rock, at the pit that we came from. That means look at our forefathers, our foremothers, and follow that. Let's go back to, um, let's actually, we're going to go to Judith, the book of Judith in the Apographer. We're going to go to Judith. Uh, we're going to go to chapter two. Now, I'm going to give you a little background on what's transpiring right now. This is during the 
Assyrian captivity. Israel are captives at this time. Um, during this time in antiquity, Cyrus the Persian issued a decree that would permit Israel, some of Israel, to go back into Israel, even though we were captives. So we started to exodus out of Assyria or Babylon and go back into Israel. Now, during this time, while we're back at home, they're building the Assyrians, the Babylonians are building their empire. Now, they come to recruit us. We're back home in our land. They come to recruit us in order to fight in their wars, in order for them to take more lands because they're building their empire. Israel rejected. See, so they let us go home and then they thought they would still control us by letting us go home. But it didn't go on like that. We got home and felt right at home. We was like, we're not going back over there. You, I'm not fighting no wars. So in a sense, if you look at today, we were captives, but you still had the ability to live a righteous life and a good life. The same way you got uh, Bill Cosby and Oprah Winfrey or Jay-Z or whoever, they're slaves right now, but they're well to do. So they're comfortable. So we were comfortable. We were in our land. We were in our land. We went in our land to build back up the sanctuaries. That's why they allowed us back there. But while that happened, they started to want us to fight and we rejected that. So they became angry. We're going to go into that. We're going to read uh, Judah chapter 2. We're going to read 1 through 6. Judah 2 verse 1. And in the 18th year, the 2 and 20th day of the first month, there was talk in the house of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Assyrians, that he should, as he said, avenge himself on all the earth. See, so now he's angry because we've rejected to fight in their wars. They always needed Israel. Everybody needs Israel. Even in the Olympics, you know, the Americans or Europeans weren't winning anything until we started joining the Olympics. And all of it, the track and field, the boxing, the basketball, they need us because without us, it's not even a competition. It's not even competition. Continue, brother. Verse 2. So he called unto him all his officers and all his nobles and communicated with them his secret counsel and concluded the afflicting of the whole earth out of his own mouth. Then they decreed to destroy all flesh that did not obey the commandment of his mouth. Right. So, you know, Israel didn't obey the commandments. We didn't even follow the most high. You think we're going to follow him? <laughs> See, so he's angry now and he wants war. He wants vengeance. So this is what happens. Verse four. And when he had ended his counsel, Nebuchadnezzar, king of the Assyrians, called Holofernes the chief captain of his army. Holofernes, remember that name. He was the chief captain of Nebuchadnezzar's army. Continue, brother. Which was next unto him and said unto him, Thus saith the great king, the lord of the whole earth, Behold, thou shalt go forth from my presence and take with thee, take with thee men that trust in their own strength, a footman an hundred and twenty thousand, and the number of horses with their riders, 12,000. And thou shalt go against all the West Country, because they disobeyed my commandments. See, so now he's sending them out to come against us. There he goes. They always... See, we just be trying to live in peace. Israel just be trying to live in peace and worship the Most High. And these people just keep bothering us. These Gentiles always pick on us. And then they make it seem like we're the angry black people or something. They picked on us since the beginning of history. And here they go again. We're just minding our own business, not attacking nobody, eating righteous food, praising the Most High. And here they come. Look at this. Let's jump to chapter 4 and read 1 through 3. Chapter 4, verse 1. Now the children of Israel that dwelt in Judea 
heard that Holofernes, the chief captain of Nebuchadnezzar, king of, of the Assyrians, had done to the nations, and after what manner he had spoiled all their temples and brought them to naught. Therefore they were exceedingly afraid of him and were troubled for Jerusalem and for the temple of the Lord their God. We were trying to protect that temple. We were trying to protect that tabernacle like we always do. That's what we were scared about. Like, oh no, they're going to try to come to Jerusalem, take over the Holy. Because <laughs> without that, we're nothing. We're only special because of the Most High. Because of our laws, the God that we follow, the Holy Days. That's what makes us special. Without that, they look at us as thugs and criminals. So we're trying to protect our power. And that was our power. Verse 3. For they were newly returned from the captivity. And all the people of Judea were lately gathered together. See, we were newly returned from the captivity. They allowed us to go back. They allowed some of us to go back. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 3. For they were newly returned from the captivity. And all the people of Judea were lately gathered together. And the vessels and the altar and the house were sanctified after the pro profanation. Right, so they profaned the temple. We went back to rebuild it. That's why we were there. Continue, brother. Verse 4. Therefore they sent into all the coasts of Samaria and the villages and the Betharon and Bethlehem and Belem and Jericho and Tacoba and Asura and the Valley of Salem. All right. So we're going to we're going to jump to chapter eight. Now, we just wanted to show you that we heard through the grapevine that Holofernes was probably going to come take us down because they were angry. We didn't help them fight. So since we didn't help them fight, they wanted to fight us. This is this is what transpired here. Now, let's show you what Judith, the sister did for us. Let's go to uh, Judith chapter 8, verse 2. Judith 8, verse 2. And Manasseh was her husband, and of her tribe and kindred, who died in the barley harvest. For as he stood overseeing them that bound sheaves into the field, the heat came upon his head, and he fell on his bed, and died in the city of Bethulia. And they buried him with his father's in the field between Dothaim and Balamo. Right. So what it's, it's giving you an account of how her husband died. So her husband is dead at this time. Let's see what she does. Verse 4. So Judith was a widow in her house three years and four months. And she made her a tent upon the top of her house. And put on sackcloth upon her loins. And wear her widow's apparel. And she feasted all the days of her widowhood. Yeah, she fasted, fasted all the days. So she was fasting because she had just went through something. You know, even sometimes when you're going through something, you can't even eat. So sometimes you're not even fasting on purpose. You don't know why you can't eat. See? So she needed some direction or some comforting. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 6. And she fasted all the days of her widowhood, save the eaves of the Sabbaths and the Sabbaths and the eaves of the new moons and the new moons and the feasts and solemn days of the house of Israel. Right. So she fasted except for on the Sabbath, on the Sabbath eaves, which means the day where you're preparing the food right in the fire. So she didn't fast on holy days because that's actually we're not supposed to do that. The most I give you all these other days to fast. Why would you wait for a holy day to fast? Like, no. Nah. Now, if you started to fast before, because remember, Christ fasted for 40 days. So he fasted through the Sabbath, but he didn't start it on the Sabbath. So that's the thing that we got to remember. So she, she fasted, but she didn't fast on the Sabbath, the Sabbath ease, the new moons, the new months, or any of the holy days. Continue, brother. Verse 7. She, wa she was also of a goodly countenance and very beautiful to behold. And her husband Manasseh had left her gold and silver. And men servants and maid servants. Read that again, brother. Verse seven. 
She was also of a goodly countenance and very beautiful to behold. And her husband Manasseh had left her gold and silver and men servants and maid servants and cattle and land. And she remained upon them. Right. So her family, her husband was what you would call prestigious. He left her all of these things to prove to you that our people wasn't always living as we're living now. Continue, brother. Verse eight. And there was none that gave her an ill word, for she feared God greatly. Read that again. Verse 8. And there was none that gave her an ill word, for she feared God greatly. See, so she feared God greatly. This is the characteristics of a virtuous woman, number one. Number two, it said that nobody had an ill word. So everybody that had, you know, interaction with her had something good to say about her. Nobody had anything to say, anything negative to say about her. See, look at that. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 8, and there was none that gave her an ill word, for she feared God greatly. Now when she heard the evil words of the people against the governor, that they fainted for lack of water. So at this time, what, they, um, what the Assyrians did was they went around our waters, our fountains, and surrounded it to, in order for us to, you know, die from not having water. Because you didn't have running water, so you actually had to go get water. So what they did was they started to encompass the water so we couldn't go to it. And they just said, okay, listen, you don't want to fight for us, then you'll just die because you're not going to have any water. This is what they do. They do the same thing over and over. When the Europeans, they go into these other countries, right? What do they do? They take over the resources, the water. They start building wells. So if they're controlling the water, they can put anything in that water, right? The same thing they're doing with, uh, what is that, in South Dakota with the pipeline. See, they always try to take over the water because if they control the water, that controls the life, that controls the crops, that controls everything, the cooking. Continue, brother. Verse 9. Now when she heard the evil words of the people against the governor, that they fainted for lack of water, for Judith had heard all the words that Ozias had spoken unto them, and that he had sworn to deliver the city unto the Assyrians after five days. Then she sent her waiting woman that had the government of all things that she had to call Ozias and Chabris and Charmis, the ancients of the city. Right. So the ancients of the city, she called Ozias, <clears throat> excuse me, Ozias, um, Chibris, uh, and Charmis. These are the elders. The, when it says ancients of the city, these are the eldermen. Right. Now, one reoccurring theme is that our elders went over time, went off time and time again to where we had to start electing new. We had to have new elders because these elders, not just in this captivity, but in all of the captivity have led us astray the same way they're doing today. Continue, brother. Verse 11. And they came unto her and she said unto them, hear me now, O ye governors of the inhabitants of Bethulia. Right. So she called the elders together because why? The elders were, were selling us up. They were allowing them to get stake in there in order to have certain caveats or to be able to get to certain resources. So they started letting them in our city. This is what our elders do. It's the same way these politicians will sell you out for some money. They'll sell you out. They'll be making all types of laws against our people, against the poor, and they're getting paid by, you know, the Rothschilds or whoever elect these people because it's not us. See, so they were selling our people out like a Reverend Al Sharpton, how they sell us out. You know, coming against us is profitable, and it's always our people looking for some money or some check or some handout instead of just, you know, letting the Most High deal with us. Let Him provide for us. This is what our elders were doing. Read that again, brother. Verse 11. And they came unto her, and she said unto them, 
Hear me now, O ye governors of the inhabitants of Bethulia. Bethulia is a Judean city. For your words that ye have spoken before the people this day are not right, touching this oath which ye made and pronounced between God and you, and have pro and promised to deliver the city to our enemies, unless within these days the Lord turn to help you. See, so now they're saying, listen, we'll give it up to you. If the Most High don't help us in five days, we're going to let them take over. Because they're going to kill us anyway. We might as well live. This is how they're thinking. So now they put a time frame on when the Most High is supposed to help them. And she told them right up. That's wrong. This was a sister now. And she was talking to the elders, the elder men. She told them straight up, what you're doing is wrong. And it's against the Most High. Verse 12. And now, who are ye that have tempted God this day and stand instead of God among the children of men? And now try the Lord Almighty, but ye shall never know anything. Read that again, brother. Verse 13. And now try the Lord Almighty, but ye shall never know anything. Right. So she's saying, why don't you allow the Most High to work? Have some faith. You don't have to do anything. The Most High going to take care of us. Why don't you try that? As opposed to making pacts and deals with the enemy. Continue, brother. Verse 14. For ye cannot find the depth of the heart of man, neither can ye perceive the things that he thinketh. Then how can you search out God that hath made all these things and know his mind or comprehend his purpose? Nay, my brethren, provoke not the Lord our God to anger. Right. See, so there she's telling him, listen to how she's reproving these brothers. She's correcting them straight up. She's correcting them. And these are the elders. It took some type of guts here. She was being led by the Most High. Because why? She cared for her people. She cared for her land. She cared for that. She didn't say, you know, well, whatever, I'm rich. I got what I need to get. She actually cared for her people. This is an aspect or an attribute or characteristic of a righteous woman. She cares about her brothers and her sisters. It wouldn't transpire in her land. Continue, brother. Verse 15. For if he will not help us within these five days, he hath power to defend us when he will, even every day, or to destroy us before our enemies. Look at that. She's, she's providing correction and reproof to elders. She's attempting to strengthen elders now. They're supposed to have the faith. This sister is attempting them to say, read that one more time, brother. Verse 15. For if he will not help us within these five days, he had power to defend us when he will, even every day, or to destroy us before our enemies. Right. So the Most High have power to help us within the five days that you allocated, that the Most High didn't say to you, right? Or whenever he feels like it. Or not at all. Because why? We're in bad case because we started worshiping Yahweh. That's why we're in bad case at this time. So there's really nothing else you can do. You can't call on Yahweh. That's why you're in this case. The only God we know is Ahiah. So you have no choice but to just wait on him. Right? Continue, brother. Verse 16. Do not bound the counsels of the Lord our God. Read that again. Do not bind the counsels of the Lord our God. For God is not a man that he may be threatened be threatened neither is he as the son of man that he should be wavering right so he's not threatened about them cutting the water off he, the most high is not affected by that at all it's our people who are starting to become scared for health reasons or you know food reasons or they they don't know how you know they'll be they'll be their strength will be taken from them if they don't have water this is how they're thinking because they're thinking through the strength of them what can they do and she's saying, you can't bind the Most High. You can't put the Most High in a box like that. Most High, tear this whole thing down if you deserve it. Read it one more time, brother. Verse 16. Do not bound the counsels of the Lord our God, for God is not as man 
that he may be threatened. Neither is he as the son of man, that he should be wavering. Therefore, let us wait for salvation of him. Read that again. Therefore, let us wait for salvation of him and call upon him to help us. And he will hear our voice if it please him. See, read that last part again. And he will hear our voice if it please him. See, if it please him. See, that's the point we have to examine. Because sometimes, you know, we'll be talking to the most high and he's not answering. And that's the answer right there. The answer is no. That's why he didn't answer. Just like your parents. Dad, mom, can I go outside? They don't even respond. That don't mean go outside, do it. That means no. I just don't want to say it right now. Right? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 17. Therefore, let us wait for salvation of him and call upon him to help us. And he and and he will hear our voice if it please him. If it please him. Right? <clears throat> so we should. she's telling him, go to the Most High. Pray to the Most High. This is a sister telling the elders this. Have faith in the Most High. Pray. Fast. This is a sister. This is a virtuous woman right here. This is a virtuous woman because sometimes men will be weak. And at that time, they need to be protected by the women. There will come a time they step on our ego, call us all types of names, throw us in jail. Sometimes we hurt. We're tired of being tough. And we want to just collapse. And when we do collapse, we need our sisters to be there as a fortress around us. Continue, brother. Verse 18. For there arose none in our age, neither is there any now in these days, neither tribe, nor family, nor people, nor city among us, which worship gods made with hands, as hath before hath been aforetime. For the which cause our fathers were given to the sword, and for a spoil, and had a great fall before our enemies. See, so she's saying this is transpiring for something our people actually did. Worshiping those other gods. This is why this happened. The Most High wouldn't allow, you know... Something that just happened to us and we're following him. Something happened before time, abhor time. That's what she's saying. So before we know our people worship Yahweh many times. We worship, you know, that golden calf many, many times in the Bible. And the Most High allowed this. These were those captivities that were prophesied. You had the Egyptian captivity, the Persian Medo captivity. You had the, the, the Greek, the Roman captivity, the Babylonian captivity. All of these are prophesied in Daniel, the prophecies of Daniel. So he prophesied each one of these captivities. And this is just one of them that, you know, was prophesied and they knew it. They already knew it was prophesied and what had to happen. That don't mean you're going to allow it, though. Right. Continue, brother. Verse 20. But we know none other God. Read that again. But we know none other God. Therefore, we trust that he will not despise us. Nor any of our nation. Right. So we can't go back to those gods. We only know one God and that's Ahia. That's the only God we know. Our forefathers dealt with something else. But we know there's no other God. So we might as well just be patient because you really, you know, have no choice anyway. It's just like when your child really wants to go to the mall or whatever. They're waiting on you to open the door, get the car going. Like no matter how anxious they are, they're not going anywhere without you. If you don't even open the door, then they'll just, they're not going anywhere. They'll just stay there. And that's the same way we were. Continue, brother. Verse 21. For if we be taken so, all Judea shall lie waste. Read that again. Verse 21. For if we be taken so, all Judea shall lie waste, and our sanctuary shall be spoiled. And he will require the profanation thereof at our mouth. Right. So this sister was perturbed with the state of her people. She was concerned. See? So this is a virtuous woman. She care about her brothers and sisters and was transpiring with her nation. 
She's not just worried about getting her nails done and her hair. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But that shouldn't be the number one focus of a virtuous woman. That comes to glamorize yourself. That's good. That's what sisters are supposed to do. But that shouldn't be the main focus. Continue, brother. Verse 22. And the slaughter of our brethren and the captivity of the country and the desolation of our inheritance. Now, these are all the things that this sister is concerned with. Look at everything she's concerned with. And the, and the desolation of our inheritance will he turn upon our heads among the Gentiles, wheresoever we shall be in bondage, and we shall be an offense and a reproach to all them that possess us. See, so this sister was worried about all of this. She wasn't worried about the new Birkin that was coming out. She, she wasn't worried about that. Oh, you know what? I got to get my nails done right now. Every two weeks on this day, I got an appointment. I got to be there. She wasn't worried about these things. And she was glamorous. But that wasn't her focus because she was a virtuous woman. A lot of our sisters are virtuous, and we're going to magnify some of our sisters and in their strength. Continue, brother. Verse 23. For our servitude shall, shall not be directed to favor, but the Lord our God shall turn it to dishonor. Read that again, brother. Verse 23. For our servitude shall not be directed to favor, but the Lord our God shall turn it to dishonor. Right. So she's saying if we go into captivity under these circumstances, it's going to be barbaric. It's going to be brutal because how it came about. See, you just give it over. You don't give the most high the opportunity. You sell your own people out. This is what you do. So if you go into captivity, you're going anyway. We already know that it was prophesied. But if you do it under these circumstances, it's going to be barbaric. That's what she's saying. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 23, for our servitude shall not be directed to favor, but the Lord our God shall turn it to dishonor. Now, therefore, O brethren, let us show an example to our brethren. See, so this sister saying, let us be an example. She's telling elders this. Listen, brothers, we need to be an example for those who are going to be reading it right now. The same way before her, Sarah, you know, Sarai, Abraham, how our forefathers and foremothers were examples for her. That's why she kept saying before time, because she was looking at what her foremothers did. And now we're doing the same thing. Brothers, sisters, look at this. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 24. Now, therefore, O brethren, let us show an example to our brethren, because their hearts depend upon us and the sanctuary and the house and the altar rest upon us. Listen, look at this sister. Look at this sister here telling the elders, the ancients of the city. Right. Let us be an example. Let us be an example. Continue, brother. Verse 25. Moreover, let us give thanks to the Lord our God, which trieth us, even as he did our fathers. Read that again. Verse 25. Moreover, let us give thanks to the Lord our God, which trieth us, even as he did our fathers. See, even as he did our fathers. So if you come to the truth, prepare your soul for temptation. That's what the Bible says. So you will be tried. Continue, brother. Verse 26. Remember what things he did to Abraham and how he tried Isaac and what happened to Jacob in Mesopotamia. Right. And Jacob, that was with Laban and Rachel and Leah. That's what happened in Mesopotamia. Read that from the top, brother, please. That scripture. Verse 26. Remember what things he did to Abraham and how he tried Isaac and what happened to Jacob in Mesopotamia of Syria. When he kept the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother. Right. See, look at all the things they're saying. Listen, we haven't been tried to that degree. We're being tried, but not to that degree. See, so she was looking at her four parents the same way we're doing right now. Why? Because the scripture said what? It said, go to the origin. 
Go to the pit of which you came. Go to that rock. That's where we're going. This is the rock right here. Continue, brother. Verse 27. For he hath not tried us in the fire as he did them. For the examination of their hearts, neither hath he taken vengeance on us. But the Lord doth scourge them that come near unto him to admonish them. Right. See, look at this. She's saying this to the elders, to those who are in charge, to prove to you that a title don't mean anything. Your faith, a lot of times the sisters have more faith than the brothers. Because brothers are looking at how they can do it through their physical ability. And the Most High not going to allow you to be delivered through your physical ability. He's not going to allow it, no matter how strong we are and fast. He's not going to allow it because then we'll get the glory. He won't get the glory. So he's going to put it so the circumstances can over only be overcame through divine intervention. Continue, brother. Verse 28. Then said Ozias to her, All that thou hast spoken, hast thou spoken with a good heart. Read that again. Then said Ozias to her, All that thou hast spoken, hast thou spoken with a good heart. And there is none that may gain say thy words. For this is not the first day wherein thy wisdom is manifest. Look, so they said, this is not the first time you said some wise stuff. You always got something wise. You always got wisdom, sister. That's what these brothers are saying. This sister was known for being righteous and for her understanding and for her relationship with the Mosai. Look at this. She wasn't known by a rear end. I'm sorry to say, but a lot of these sisters, you know them by their rear end. You don't even know what they look like no more. <laughs> Seriously, that's how these brothers be dealing with these, these you know, these, you know, <laughs> these videos and stuff like that. Sisters don't even show their face no more. It's a shame. Read that again, brother. Verse 29. For this is not the first day wherein thy wisdom is manifested. But from the beginning of thy days, all the people have known thy understanding. Because the disposition of thine heart is good. So they said, everybody knows that this sister got that knowledge, that wisdom. Look at this. She's not in authority of a church, but that has nothing to do with her knowledge. Brothers and sisters still come to her for her understanding. Because she have a good heart. A relationship, that means she fear the most high and keep his commands. Look at this. She's still giving out. She could be angry now her husband didn't die. Right? Some people, some sisters, they get scorned when they lose somebody. This sister wasn't scorned. That just perpetrated and propagated her up. So she had that much zeal. Remember, she was fasting, so she was strong already. She was already strong. Continue, brother. Verse 30. But the people were very thirsty and compelled us to do unto them as we have spoken and to bring an oath upon ourselves, which we will not break. Right. See, so they're thirsty because the water was being cut off. So if the Most High don't save us in five days, we're going to give the city up. This is what this is what the elders. This is what, you know, this is the decree that they made. And they told, you know, us, the, the people, they told the people, the elders made the decisions. It's like. You didn't go to police when you were Israel. You went to the priests or the elders, the judges. We didn't call police. The elder would tell you, okay, brother, you stole from him. Now go back and give him six. That's That was the elder's job. When you had a dispute with a brother or a sister or with your wife, you went to the elders. You didn't call the government or the police. That's not, we didn't do that. Judith 8 and 30. Judith 8 verse 30. But the people were very thirsty and compelled, and compelled us to do unto them as we have spoken and to bring an oath upon ourselves, which we will not break. Therefore, now pray thou for us, because thou art a godly woman. Read that again. Oh. Verse 31. Therefore, now pray thou for us, 
because thou art a godly woman. Now the elders are asking her to intercess, be an intercessor to the most half of them. Look at this. Look at this virtuous sister right here. They'll never magnify this. They only magnify sisters who don't want to wear no clothes, right? And who won't listen. Angry Mac, what is it? The Diary of an Angry Black Woman, right? Oh, yeah. See, they will promote that all the way. They'll never promote a story of our sisters and their righteousness. Because they want brothers to go elsewhere. That's what they want. They want them, us to deal with Gentiles instead of building our nation. That's exactly what they want. So they show us in these bad lights. The, the, what is it? The, the housewives and everybody is, you know, that's nothing like you want to be. Gossipy, right? Bad mouth. Smart, stiff-necked, right? Materialistic. That's exactly how they want us to view each other. That's why brothers will say, they'll watch that and say, uh, I don't want to date. I don't want to date no Spanish girl. They got attitudes. Right. I don't, don't want to date no black woman. They don't cook. See, this is exactly what they want you to believe. Continue, brother. Verse 31. Therefore now pray thou for us, because thou art a godly woman, and the Lord will send us rain to fill our cisterns, and we shall faint no more. Listen to this. Look at this. Now they're asking her to actually be the intercessor. Everybody knows she's a godly woman. That's what she's known for. That's how we should be. We should be known, you know, in the truth, everybody's not going to be as serious as you are. But when your name came up, people should think about godly things. You know what I mean? Well, what would they say? Oh, nah, I can't even eat that over there. I can't even take that to their house. See, that's the first thing on their mind. Yeah, I'm going over there. I can't take that pork over there. Don't, don't even, don't bring that. They don't eat shrimp. Don't See, that come to their mind because that's what comes to their mind when they think about you. Ah. Probably don't, yeah, they can't go out on Saturday. I ain't even asking them. Mm-hmm. See? So then we know, we should be known for following the Most High's laws and being godly and giving godly counsel. Continue, brother. Verse 32. Then said Judith unto them, Hear me, and I will do a thing which shall go through all, all generations to children of our nation. You shall read, stand. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 32. Then said Judith unto them, Hear me. And I will do a thing which shall go throughout all generations to the children of our nation. See, so she wanted to be an example. She said, I'm, we're gonna, the Most High is going to allow me to do something that all of our children's children will remember. And look at us now. We're reading this now. See? So something's about to go down. Look at this sister who had more faith and strength, right, than the brothers, than the elders at this time. Look at this. Let's go to, let's go to uh, Judith 9, brother. Chapter 9. We're going to read 12 through 14. Because remember, they asked her to pray. So let's see. We're going to, we're not going to read the whole prayer. If you want to read her whole prayer, you want to read the whole chapter of Judah, uh, Judith 9. But we're just going to get a certain part because we, we're kind of hard pressed for time. Verse 12. I pray thee, I pray thee, O God of my father, and God of the inheritance of Israel, Lord of the heavens and earth, creator of the waters, king of every creature, hear thou my prayer. And make my speech and deceit to be their wound and strife, who have proposed cruel things against thy covenant, and thy hallowed house, and against the top of Zion, and against the house of the possessions of thy children. And make every nation and tribe to acknowledge that thou art the God of all power and might, and that there is none other that protected the people of Israel but thou. See, so there is no other protection for Israel but the Most High. She's praying to the Most High. Remember, they asked her to pray. Let's go to uh, uh, Judith chapter 10. Let's read 1 through 23. Judith 10 verse 1. 
And after that, she had ceased to cry unto the God of Israel <clears throat> and had made an end of all these words. Right. So now she's she's getting herself together, wiping her tears away, get up off the floor from praying. Right. Go ahead, brother. Verse two. She woke. She rose where she had fallen down and called her maid and went down into the house and the and the which she abode in the Sabbath days in her feast days. Right. So. She went into the house where she was at during the Sabbath and the feast days. Because remember, she had a tent on top of her house where she was doing the fasting mm -hmm. at. Right. So this was her traditional home. Now, read that scripture one more time, brother. Verse two. She rose where she had fallen down and called her maid and went down into the house in the which she abode in the Sabbath days and in her feast days and pulled off the sackcloth which she had on and put off the and put off the garments of her widowhood and washed her body all over with water and anointed herself with precious ointment. Now, this anointment is moisturizing. There's there's a few different um, there's a few different versions uh, of anointing. And this one was just moisturizing yourself. This is what she was doing. Read that one more time from the top, brother. Verse three, verse three and pulled off the sackcloth which she had on and put off the garments of her widowhood. And washed her body all over with water and anointed herself with precious ointment and braided the hair of her head. Hold on. See, braiding is an Israelite custom. See, these, these are not Caucasian people here. <laughs> braiding is an Israelite custom. That come from our sisters. That's our sisters right there. Read that again, brother. And braided the hair of her head and put on a tire upon it and put on her garments of gladness. Where would she she was clad during the life of Manasseh, her husband? Right. See, so now she's moisturizing herself, getting herself together. She just got done praying, so she had a revelation from the Most High. This is what the Most High would have her do. Now, we just wanted to point out that plaiting your hair, or maybe not plaiting, but I mean <laughs> braiding. Plaiting is like an old word, but that's an Israelite custom, and that's what our sisters do. That's the proof. Now that we know that we the people, don't it make so much better sense? Because when we see Caucasian people doing braids in their hair, what do they call it? Culture appropriation and all types of stuff. It don't even look right. right. We know that their hair don't even stay together. It's too fine. <laughs> see? Just to prove that these are us. Continue, brother. Verse 4. And she took sandals upon her feet and put about her, her bracelets and her chains and her rings and her earrings and all her ornaments and decked herself bravely. To allure the eyes of all men that should see her. Right. See, so she did this on purpose so she could uh, so she could be alluring. So she could be dazzling. This is what she did. She started to glamorize herself so she could be alluring. She did this on purpose. This was the most high telling her to do this. Continue, brother. Verse 5. Then she gave her maid a bottle of wine and a cruise of oil and filled a bag with parched corn and lumps of figs and with fine bread. So she folded all these things together and laid them upon her. Thus they went forth to the gate of the city of Bethulia and found standing there Ozias and the ancients of the city, Chabras and Charmes. Right. So we had we we had the city gated around. So trying to keep the Assyrians out, we had it covered. So she went down to the gate. We're at the top of a hill. They're down by the water. They have the whole bottom surrounded. So she's at the gate like I'm going out. Let me out of here. I'm going down. So this sister is now going out of the gates of the city where we're protected. She then made herself up, got glamorized, took some food, and she like, let me out of here. I'll go do it. Y'all scared. <laughs> look, look at what she did. Continue, brother. Verse 7. And when they saw her, that her countenance was altered, and her apparel was changed, 
they wondered at her her beauty very greatly and said unto her to prove to you this is a reoccurring theme with the children of Israel the women are beautiful the Bible says this time and time again and that's why the Gentiles couldn't wait to get to get rid of the men and get to our sisters and make them bed wenches confessionaries they couldn't wait these Gentiles could not wait continue brother verse 8 the God the God of our fathers give thee favor and accomplish thine enterprise to the glory of the children of Israel and to the exaltation of Jerusalem. Then they worshiped God. And she said unto them, Command the gates of the city to be opened unto me, that I may go forth to accomplish the things whereof ye have spoken with me. So they commanded the young men to open unto her as she had spoken. Now remember, these are the same elders that asked her to pray. Now she prayed, she have got an answer, and she's gone. She went and got made up, did her hair, cleaned up her face, put her good garbs on. But she did this in righteousness. Let us show you. Continue, brother. Verse 10. And when they had done so, Judith went out, she and her maids with her. And the men of the city looked after her until she was gone down the mountain and until she had passed the valley and could see her no more. Thus they went straight forth in the valley. And the first watch of the, of the Assyrians met her. So now she run into some Assyrian soldiers now. She went down away from the city where they're waiting, controlling all of the resource. Continue, brother. Verse 12. And took her and asked her, Of what people art thou? And which cometh thou? And whither goest thou? And she said, I am a woman of the Hebrews, and am fled from them, for they shall be given you to be consumed. See, so she said, Look, I ran from there. I want to give you information to take them down. Look at this. Look at this sister using her beauty and her wits. Look, she walked right up to their camp and said, I'm a Hebrew. I'm an Israelite. Yes, but I would rather be here where the water is. I want to give them up to you. Look at this. Continue, brother. Verse 13. And I am coming before Holofernes, the chief captain of your army. Remember that name, Holofernes from Nebuchadnezzar, his second in command. Verse 13. And I am coming before Holofernes, the chief captain of your army, to declare words of truth. And I will show him a way whereby he shall go. And went all hill, all the hill country without losing the body or life of any one of his men. See, so she said, I will give you a way to take down these Hebrews without losing one man. See, look at her. This was, she just got done praying to the Most High. Continue, brother. Verse 14. Now when the men heard her words and beheld her countenance, they wondered greatly at her beauty. See, there it is again. How beautiful the children of Israel are, the sisters of Israel. They're marveling at this. Because we know, you know, Israel, we already know. We don't even have to say. <laughs> our sisters know. And the whole world know how beautiful our sisters are. Continue, brother. Verse 14. Now when the men heard her words and beheld her continent, they wondered greatly at her beauty and said unto her, Thou hast saved thy life, and that thou hast hastened to come down to the presence of our Lord. Now therefore come to his tent. And some of us shall conduct thee until they have delivered thee to his hands. See, so now she has gotten access to Holofernes, who's second in command. They're like, all right, we'll take you right to Holofernes tent. You beautiful, you clean, and you trying to give up the Hebrews? Come right to the tent. Look at this. See, this was the most high. Continue, brother. Verse 16. And when thou standest before him, be not afraid in thine heart, but show unto him according to thy word. And he will entreat thee well. Read that again, brother. Verse 16. And when thou standest before him, be not afraid in thine heart, but show unto him according to thy word. 
and he will entreat thee well. Then they chose then they chose out of them an hundred men to accompany her and her maid. Look at this, a hundred men to accompany this sister. <laughs> she was that beautiful. They're like, no, we all gone. Like, 100 of them, 10 over there, 25 over there, 50 back there. Look at this. they never seen anything like this. Now, beauty is, it's, if you use it for, you can use it for righteousness or unrighteousness, but it's a powerful tool, nevertheless. See? So, it's not to say that our sister's not beautiful or that it's bad to be beautiful because that scripture said it's vain in beauty. It's not saying that it's, you know, evil to be beautiful it's saying that if you're only cognizant of that attribute then you're that's a shortcoming of yours that's not the main thing the main thing is the most high and what you can do for him of course you're going to just naturally be beautiful because that's how the most high made us continue brother verse 17 then they chose out of them an hundred men to accompany her and her maid and they brought her to the tent of Holofernes so now she's at the tent she'd have she have left the gates, walked down the mountain, in the valley, and she's already at the tent. Look how fast this was. A brother couldn't do this. It would have took. We would have all died trying to get to this man. Look at this. <laughs> See? So there is power in the sisters. That's why we are, you know, we've had it up to here with brothers who say sisters don't have no work. And they don't have no strength. A lot of these Hebrew camps out here, they just talk about how bad a woman is. Yeshua is going to put Israelite women in hell. This is what they're talking about. This is what they're talking about. You need to get behind your man. See? Not all of them, but there's a lot of camps out there who just degrade our sisters. Just degrade and want to marry six and seven of them. Mm -hmm. Continue, brother. Verse 18. Then was there a concourse throughout all the camp, for her coming was noised among the tents, and they came about her, as she stood without the tents of Holofernes, till they told her, him of her. Right, so now... They have, they're trying to give him reconnaissance on who this woman is and what she said. Continue, brother. Verse 19. And they wanted at her beauty and admired. There they go again. Look at this. <laughs> Everybody like, did you see how beautiful her is? Do you see this? She's angelic. <clears throat> Everybody is, is admiring this. Look. Continue, brother. Verse 19. And they wandered at her beauty and admired the children of Israel because of her. And now they admire in Israel because of how beautiful the women are. <laughs> Look at this. See? And that's why you know as a brother, as a man, you can't be led just by that. See? Because the whole time, because of her beauty, the enemy is sneaking right up on you. So there got to be something else there, brothers. There got to be a relationship with God, not just beauty. See? And our sisters got it both. She was in order. She had the beauty. She had the brains. And she was rich. That's how we're going to be again. Can read that one more time, brother. Verse 19. And they wondered at her beauty and admired the children of Israel because of her. And everyone said to his neighbor, who would despise this people that have among them such women? Read that again. <laughs> who would despise this people that have among them such women? Surely it is not good that one man of them be left who being let go might deceive the whole earth. See, look at this. Look at this. Continue, brother. Verse 20. And they that lay near Holofernes went out, and all his servants, and they brought her into his tent. Now Holofernes rested upon his bed under a canopy, which was woven with purple and gold and emeralds and precious stones. So they showed him of her, and he came out before his tent with silver lamps going before him. And when Judith was come before him and his servants... 
They all marveled at the beauty of her countenance. And she fell down upon her face and did reverence unto him. And, and his servants took her up. Right. See, so once again, everybody is admiring her beauty. But she have a plan. The Most High is leading her. The Most High know that brothers are, you know, are lusting after the sister. But he's going to use that lust against them. This is the proof. This is, look how fast she got to the chief to the chief's house. Look how fast she got to the chief's tent. That was quick. Brothers wouldn't even have known which tent it was, let alone been able to get there. Look at this. She went straight through the gates, through the mo through the spirit of the Most High. And our sisters can be used righteously. There is virtuous women and honorable women out there. And these are the these are the women who need to be propagated for our sisters to look at. Not Beyonce. Sorry, not Wendy Williams and Oprah Winfrey. These are the sisters that our young ladies should be looking at. Continue, brother. Read that scripture one more time. Verse 23. And when Judith, Judith was come was come before him and his servants, they all marveled at the beauty of her countenance. And she fell down upon her face and did reverence unto him. And his servants took her up. Right. Now, let's go to uh, Judith 12. We're going to read 16 through 20. So now she have made her way all the way there. No fear. Look at the elders we even fear. The men were even scared. Continue, brother. Judah 12, verse 16. Now when Judah came in, in and sat down, Holofernes, his heart was ravished with her, and his mind was moved, and he desired greatly her company, for he waited a time to deceive her from the day that he had seen her. Read that last part again. For he waited... For he waited a time to deceive her from the day that he had seen her. See, so as soon as he saw her, he started to lust after her. And he said he waited. Read that one more time, brother, from the top. Verse 16. Now when Judith came in and sat down, Holofernes, his heart was ravished with her. And his mind was moved, and he desired greatly her company. For he waited a time to deceive her from the day that he had seen her. So the first day he saw her, he was thinking of a way to spit game. This is what he's trying to do. Ever since the first time he saw her, he was looking to deceive her right away because her countenance, she was amazing. She was, she was flattering. Look at this. Continue, brother. Verse 17. Then said Holofernes unto her, drink now and be merry with us. So Judas said, I will drink now, my Lord, because my life is magnified in me this day. This day more than all the days since I was born. Look, now she's embellishing. You always, if you, sisters, if you stroke a brother's ego, you'll never go wrong. You'll never go wrong. Look at this. Continue, brother. Verse 17. Then said Holofernes unto her, drink now and be merry with us. So Judas said, I will drink now, my Lord, because my life is magnified in me this day more than all the days since I was born. Then she took and ate and drank before him. What her maid had prepared. See, now she was smart because she only ate and drunk the food her maid prepared for her when they left. See? See, look at this. So she have a plan. Here they think, you know, oh, she's she looking beautiful. She's down here. She's batting her eyes. Whole time, there's, a, there's an enterprise here. There's a plan behind this whole thing. See? She only ate the food and drink that her maid brought with her that she told her to pack when she got her sandals. See? Continue, brother. Verse 20. And Holofernes took great delight in her and drank much more wine than he had drunk at any time in one day since he was born. <laughs> read, <laughs> read that one more time, brother. Verse 20. And Holofernes took great delight in her and drank more, 
much more wine than he had drunk at any time in one day since he was born. This brother was happy. He was really happy. He started to get uh, what you would call inebriated or intoxicated to the point where he'd never been this drunk. He couldn't believe he had this sister, a beautiful sister in his tent, looking to or what he deemed or thought to be, to please this man. Look, taken in his lust. See? Let's go to uh, chapter 13. Verse 1. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Judah 13 and 1. Now when the evening was come... His servants made haste to depart. Now they now when the, when the evening come, the servants have left him alone with her in the tent. Verse one. Now when the evening was come, his servants made haste to depart, and Begoas shut his tent without and dismissed the wait the waiters from the presence of his lord, and they went to their beds, for they were all weary because the feast had been long, and Judith was left alone in the tent, and Holofernes lying alone. Upon his bed, for he was filled with wine. Remember, he's drunker than he's ever been. <laughs> he just met the sister today, and he's drunker than he's ever been. Look at this. See? Look at the strength of these sisters. Continue, brother. Verse 3. Now Judith had commanded her maid to stand without her bedchamber, and to wait for her coming forth, as she did daily. For she said she would go forth to her prayers, and she spake to Begoas according to the same purpose. So all went forth. And none was left in the bedchamber, neither little nor great. Then Judith, standing by his bed, said in her heart, O Lord of all power. Look at this. She praying right in the midst of this. See, he's drunk. He's inebriated. He's falling over. He is dusty. <laughs> and she got it all together. She planned this whole thing. She planned this. Continue, brother. Verse four. So all went forth and none was left in the bedchamber, neither little nor great. Then Judith, standing by his bed, said in her heart, O Lord God of all power, look at this present upon the works of mine hands for the exaltation of Jerusalem. Look at this. She said, look at this gift right here. Look at this. Drunk. The chief right here. El Capitan. Look. Look at she saying. To deliver her people. She did this for her people, not for her. Read that last part again, brother. <clears throat> o Lord God of all power. Look at this present upon the works of mine hands for the exaltation of Jerusalem. For See, the exaltation of Jerusalem. Look at that. She did this for our people. Continue, brother. Verse 5. For now is the time to help thine inheritance and to execute mine enterprises to the destruction of the enemies which are risen against us. See, so she's praying to the Most High. Now she's trying. She's getting ready to deliver Israel. See, she's thinking about her people this whole time. She was perturbed about what she heard. How they were going to come destroy our land, destroy our tabernacles, kill our men. See, she said, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to pray to the Most High, number one. And then the Most High going to lead me on what to do. See, so a lot of people were seeing her getting dressed up. They're like, what is she dealing in the spirit of harlotry? Nah, she's not dealing in the spirit of harlotry. There's another plan more sinister there that the Most High used her qualities, her you know, her qualities was she she had money, so she had the right apparel. She was already a beautiful young lady, and she followed the Most High, number one. See? So then you can be used. Continue, brother. Verse 6. Then she came to the pillar of the bed, which was at Holofernes' head, and took down his falchion yeah. from thence. The falchion is a sword. She Now she took down his sword. Verse 7. And approached to his bed, and took hold of the hair of his head, and said... Strengthen me, O Lord God of Israel, this day. 
So now she have grabbed his hair. Verse 8. And she smote twice upon his neck with all her might. And she took away his head from him. Read that again, brother. Verse 8. And she smote twice upon his neck with all her might. And she took away his head from him. She decapitated this brother. Look at this. Look at this sister. See, they'll never tell you about these stories. These are the sisters that our young girls should be looking up to. See, this was in righteousness. This was to protect or for the betterment of her people. That's what this was for. See, look at this. See, they make us think that our sisters just care about shoes and clothes and what a brother drive. See, that's what that's their plan. That's their trick to get you to go somewhere else. See, this is how righteous our sisters were. This is a virtuous woman. Continue, brother. Verse nine and tumbled his body down from the bed and pulled down the canopy from the pillars and anon after she went forth. And gave Holofernes his head to her maid. Listen, look at this. She snapped, she didn't cut the brother's head smooth off. Then gave it to her maid. See? And brother's talking about that gangster. <laughs> look at this. Look at this sister. She didn't went in here, set this brother up. He's drunk. That's his last drunken stupor right there. Look at this. Look at how this happened. She came from her home, fasting in sackcloth, talking to the elders, to praying the Most High leading her right out the gate from amongst all of our people down the hill into the heart of their uh, camp to take out the chief. Look at this. Now, everybody know what happens when you kill the king. It's over. Mm-hmm. See, when you play chess, if the king is got in checkmate, then, you know, everything subsides because the commander in chief is gone. Continue, brother. Verse 10. And she put it in her bag of meat. Read that. Read nine again, brother. Verse nine. And tumbled his body down from the bed and pulled down the canopy from the pillar. And anon after she went forth and gave Holofernes his head to her maid. And she put it in her bag of meat. So they twain went together according to their custom unto prayer. And when they passed the camp, they compassed the valley and went up the mountain of Bethulia and came to the gates thereof. The key part that you should examine, it says she took his head, tumbled his body and put it in her bag of meat. She put this brother's... Head in her bag of nourishment with the meats. Look how thugged out this was, if that's a term that you want to use. You want to talk about thug? She cut this brother's head off, gave it to her mace, and put that in that bag down there. Next to that turkey that you got down there. Look at this. Look at what this sister did to save us. Nobody will fight for you like Israel. And I'm talking to brothers. I don't care what Gentile is out there. Gentile won't fight for you like your own. They won't understand you like your own. They won't. Continue, brother. Verse 11. Then said Judith the far off to the watchman at the gate. Open, open now the gate. God, even our God, is with us to show his power yet in Jerusalem. See, she didn't. She said God showed his power. She wasn't trying to raise herself up higher to say, yeah, I look so good that, you know, I got him to think he was going to, you know. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 11. Then said Judith afar off to the watchman at the gate. Open, open now the gate. God, even our God, is with us to show his power yet in Jerusalem and his forces against the enemy, as he hath even done this day. Now when the men of her city heard her voice, they made haste to go down to the gate of their city, and they called the elders of the city. And then they ran all together, both small and great, for it was strange unto them that she was come. So they opened the gate and received them, and made a fire for a light, and stood, stood round about them. 
Then she said to them with a loud voice, Praise, praise God, praise God, I say, for he hath not taken away his mercy from the house of Israel, but hath destroyed our enemies by mine hands that this night. See, look at this. We were saved through our system. We just went over, you know, in a few weeks, we got Purim, where we were saved by another sister. Look at this. We've been getting saved by sisters this whole time. <laughs> Look at this. See? The elders then went totally off, way off. This sister then went down and delivered us on her own, her and a handmaid. Look at this, through the power of the Most High, through her wisdom, through her wit. See? Continue, brother. Verse 15. So she took the head out of the bag and showed it and said unto them, Behold the head of Holofernes, the chief, the chief captain of the army of Assur, and behold the canopy, wherein he died, lie in his drunkenness. And the Lord hath smitten him by the hand of a woman. Read that again. And the Lord hath smitten him by the hand of a woman. See, elegance and beauty is a powerful tool to be used for righteousness or unrighteousness. This sister used her cleverness. Look at this. She used her beauty and her cleverness. She didn't sleep with this brother. See? So she didn't have to compromise herself in order to work for the Most High. Mm -hmm. That's what somebody smart does. Read, brother. Mm -hmm. Verse 16. As the Lord liveth, who hath kept me in my way that I went, my countenance hath deceived him to his destruction. See, look at that. My elegance, my beauty deceived him to his destruction. Look at that. Read that again, brother. Verse 16. As the Lord liveth, who hath kept me in my way that I went, my countenance hath deceived him to his destruction, and yet hath he not committed sin with me to defile and shame me. See, she said, I didn't even have to sleep with this brother. The Most High protected me and guided me. I didn't even have to give myself over to this brother. I didn't sell myself out. The Most High would never have you sell yourself out like that. That's not the Most High's plan. He don't need you to sell yourself out. See, look at this. Continue, brother. Verse 17. Then all the people were wonderfully astonished and bowed themselves and worshiped God and said with one accord, Blessed be thou, O our Lord, O our God, which hath this day brought to naught the enemies of thy people. Read that again, brother. Verse 17. Then all the people were wonderfully astonished and bowed themselves and worshiped God and said with one accord, Blessed be thou, O our God which hath this day brought to naught the enemies of thy people. See, so today we wanted to go into some of our sisters, our foremothers. We wanted to draw into that rock in which we were hewn, from that pit which we came, to see some of the stories of our brothers and sisters, specifically today our sisters. We're not going to go into Sarah, you know, Rebecca, Leah. We know about those. We wanted to get some other sisters that, you know, don't get a lot of shine. But we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for these sisters. And we want our sisters to look at these women and build their strength to see what's a virtuous woman, according to the Bible. Because this is thousands of years later and we're reading about it. See, you having, you know, the tightest thing on, nobody going to remember you past tomorrow. See, so it got to be something more than just your looks of what you're going to do for the most high to be an example. Now, we got another story of a sister named Susanna. Let's go to Susanna. It's an apographer. It's near uh, the three children. It's all the way in the end. All the way at the end. Suzanne, it's only one chapter. Now, this was during the time of um, Daniel. When Daniel was a young man. Because in the book of Daniel, he was already an old man. 
So this was during the time of Daniel in his youth. Susanna 1. Susanna 1. There dwelt a man in Babylon called Joachim. And he took a wife whose name was Susanna, the daughter of Chelseas, yes. a very fair woman, and one that feared the Lord. Read that again. Verse 2. And he took a wife whose name was Susanna, the daughter of Chelseas, a very fair woman, and one that feared the Lord. See, and one that feared the Lord. Here they go again, a reoccurring. See, she was beautiful, and she worshipped the Most High. She was fair, and she feared the Most High God. See, that's a virtuous woman right there. See, look at that. That's the woman you want to look for, brothers. A woman who's going to follow the Most High and allow you to, to lead her. Continue, brother. Verse 3. Her parents also were righteous. Read that again. Her parents also were righteous and taught their daughter according to the law of Moses. According to what? The law of Moses. According to what? The law of Moses. See? So this is how she became a righteous woman, right? Because she was brought up by her parents who were righteous. And was taught the laws. We're supposed to teach our children the laws. Teach them the law. Continue, brother. Verse 4. Now Joachim was a great rich man. So he was affluent. And had a fair garden joining unto his house. And to him resorted the Jews. Because he was more honorable than all others. So a lot of people used to go to Joachim's house. He had a garden connected to his house, they said. He was rich. He was affluent. He was well off. He was prosperous or prestigious. So the Jews or the Israelites would hang out there. They would go talk to him, hang in that court. Continue, brother. Verse 5. The same year were appointed two of the ancient ancients of the people to be judges. See, the ancients are the elders. So they appointed two to be judges at this time. Continue. Verse 5. The same year were appointed two of the ancients of the people to be judges, such as the Lord spake of. That wickedness came from Babylon from ancient judges who seemed to govern the people. See, so we had a, there was a quandary with the elders during captivity. They kept going off. They kept dealing with other gods. They wasn't upholding righteous judgment time and time again. There was problems with the elders. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 5. The same year were appointed two of the ancients of the people to be judges, such as the Lord spake of, that wickedness came from Babylon from ancient judges who seemed to govern the people. These kept much at Joachim's house, and all that had any suits in law came unto them. See, so if they had issues in, you know, something that happened where you would today get the law involved, you would go to them. You would go to these elders. Continue, brother. Verse 7. Now when the people departed away at noon, Susanna went into her husband's garden to walk. And the two elders saw her going in every day and walking. Read that again. Verse 8. And the two elders saw her going in every day and walking. So that their lust was inflamed towards her. Look at this. These are elders now. Look at these. Look at this. These are elders now. Lusting after this system. Elders time and time again. So we don't really care how old you are. How many scriptures you can break down. If you're not dealing in the spirit of the most high God. We're not following you. Continue brother. Verse 9. And they perverted their own minds. Read that again. And they perverted their own minds. So their minds were warped now. Because why? When you dealing in lust, your whole mind changes. Now you are servant to that lust. See? So they followed, they watched her every day now. Look at this. Continue, brother. Verse 9. And they perverted their own minds and turned away their eyes that they might not look unto heaven nor remember the judgments. See? So they weren't even, they weren't given just judgments. 
So they, when things happen, there's supposed to be recompense for certain laws. And they wasn't even upholding judgment now. So they was letting people get away with stuff. They was uh, condemning people that weren't guilty. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 9. And they perverted their own minds and turned away their eyes that they might not look into heaven, nor remember the judgment, the just judgment. See, so they didn't even... They, they were elders. They were supposed to give out judgments. Now, let's show you why they weren't giving out those just judgments. Go to Wisdom of Solomon 1 and 5, and then we'll come back. Hold that place, brother, please. Wisdom of Solomon and your apographer, chapter 1, verse 5. Because they said that they were burnt in their lust. Their mind was perverted. So let's see what that led to. Wisdom of Solomon 1, verse 5. For the Holy Spirit of discipline will flee deceit. Read that again. For the Holy Spirit of discipline will flee deceit and remove from thoughts that are without understanding. It will not abide when unrighteousness cometh in. See, look at that. See, so now the, the Holy Spirit have left these brothers. Why? Because they're dealing in that lust. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 5. For the Holy Spirit of discipline will flee deceit and remove from thoughts that are without understanding. It will not abide when unrighteousness cometh in. See, so this is why they have not, they're not looking to heaven. They're not praying. They're, there's no righteous judgment now. Why? Because that spirit of lust crept up in them. See, and it changed everything with them. Now, we can't even trust these brothers. We can't trust these brothers. And these are the elders. And time and time again, the elders went off and led us astray during captivity. The same way is going on today. Let's go back. Let's go back to um, Suzanne. One and nine. We just wanted to show you why they weren't keeping just judgment. Verse nine. And they perverted their own minds and turned away their eyes that they might not look unto heaven, nor remember just judgments. And albeit they both were wounded with her love, yet there's not one show another his grief. See, so they were both lusting after, but they didn't tell each other. See, look at this. Continue, brother. Verse 11, for they were ashamed to declare their lust that they desired to have to do with her. Look at this. These are elders now. Continue, brother. Verse 12, yet they watched diligently from day to day to see her. See, so they watched for this sister day to day. You know, brothers, you know how brothers are. We used to be brothers in the world and we know friends of ours that are still brothers in the world on the prowl. Continue, brother. 13, and the one said to the other, let us now go home. Or it's dinner time. So now they're like, okay, let's go ahead, man. Let's just go home. I'm hungry. You go to your house. I'm going to go to my house. They, they're going to split up. They're going to dinner now. Continue. Verse 14. So when they were going out, they parted the one from the other. And turning back again, they came to the same place. So now they have come back. They both said they're going to dinner. But they both came back. Look at this. Look at these brothers. Look at this. Somebody come take a look at this. <laughs> <laughs> Read that again, brother, from the top. Verse 13. And the one said to the other, let us now go home, for it is dinner time. So when they were they were going out, they parted the one from the other. And turning back again, they came to the same place. And after that, they had asked one another the cause. They acknowledged their lust. So they like, I thought you said you were going to dinner. He like, I thought you said you was going to dinner. What you doing here, man? <laughs> Look at this. They both got caught up. They said they're going home. They both got caught hiding in the bushes again. They both came back. So they tried to trick each other to go home. Look at this. These are elders now trying to be slick. Look. Continue, brother. Verse 14. 
So when they were going out, they parted the one from the other. And turning back again, they came to the same place. And after that, they had asked one another the cause. They acknowledged their lust. Then appointed they a time both together when they might find her alone. Oh, now look at this. See? Wow. See, now they're enabling each other. One of the brothers didn't say, no, brother, you know, put that down. You know, read your Bible, go on a fast. Nah. Now they're plotting together. They're enabling each other. See, we got to watch who we hanging out with. Because you may be ready to go off that ledge, but you need a brother or a sister that's going to pull you back. Because that thought may creep into your mind. But if you got somebody there telling, yeah, that's good. Do that. Let me, I'll help you do that. Look at that. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 14. So when they were going out, they parted the one from the other. And turning back again, they came to the same place. And after that, they had asked one another the cause. They acknowledged their lust. Then appointed they time both together when they might find her alone. So when they came back together, they acknowledged they lust. So they was like, man, I, I just keep thinking about her. I can, do you see how fine she is? <laughs> now they're confiding in each other now. Look. Look at this. Continue, brother. Verse 15. And it fell out as they watched a fit time. She went in as before with two maids only. And she was, she was desirous to wash herself in the gardens. For it was hot. See, so this proved to you that at this time we had outdoor garden showers. How they making it seem like that was new. And we never had that. They got that from us. Right. We had showers in the garden. This was us. Continue, brother. Verse 16. And there was nobody there save the two elders that had hid themselves and watched her. See, so now she's showering outside in the gardens. Nobody else is there. They're hiding now. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 16. And there was nobody there save the two elders that hid themselves and watched so her. So now they're watching this sister shower. These are elders now. Look at this. Look at this. Continue, brother. Verse 17. Then she said to her maids, bring me oil and washing balls and shut the garden doors that I may wash me. And they did as she bathed them and shut the garden doors and went out themselves and went out themselves at privy doors to fetch the things that she had commanded them. But they saw not that the elders because they were hid. See, these brothers were hidden. If you hiding yourself, you know you're wrong. Right away, you know you're wrong. That's the same thing Adam and Eve did after they sinned. They hid themselves. The same way when your children know they do something wrong, they just go in their room. Or they don't even come talk to you for the rest of the night. Because they know you're mad and you're angry and they know they did something wrong. Or you'll come in the house and they'll go right to their room. Right? See? These brothers are hiding because they know they're dead wrong. These brothers with elders, they was learned. They had the information. You don't just get elected an elder and not have some level of understanding. Right. They have, this lust have just walked them back so far that they're going to hang themselves. Continue, brother. Verse 19. Now when the maids were gone forth, the two elders rose up and ran unto her saying, Saying what? Behold, the garden doors are shut that no man can see us. And we are in love with thee. I, I trip every time I see this. These two brothers are saying, we are in love with you. Look at this. Two brothers. And this goes on today. You got a father and a son that'll deal with the same woman or two homeboys. Two blood brothers. They'll deal with the same sister. And I know we like to think that came from America. No, our people have always dealt like this. Our people have always dealt like this and been sick. Read that again, brother. Verse 20. Behold. The garden doors are shut that no man can see us and we are in love with thee. Therefore consent unto us and lie with us. If thou wilt not, 
we will bear witness against thee. Read that again. If thou wilt not, we will bear witness against thee that a young man was with thee. Therefore, thou didst send away thy maids from thee. See, so they said either you lay with both of us or we say you had a young man in here while your husband was away. Look at this. Look at these brothers. Look at these brothers trying to manipulate this sister. See? Sound just like our people too. Look at this. That's why we don't, brother, we're not traveling with you and we don't just trust you because you know you Israel. Right. See? We, we're past that stage. In the beginning, you just want to grab everybody that's Israel. But nah, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. If you don't have that, you know, number one, baptism. Number two, that that uh, relationship with the Most High, a higher, not Yahweh, not Jehovah, not any of those other gods. If you're not dealing with that, then you're not dealing with us because we can't trust you. Because look at this. These brothers were learned men and they were trusted in the community. Look at this. Read that again, brother. What was it? Uh, 20. Uh, 21. Verse 21. If thou wilt not, we will bear witness against thee that a young man was with thee. And therefore thou didst send away thy maids from thee. Then Susanna sighed and said, I am straightened on every side. For if I do this, if I do this thing, it is death unto me. And if I do it not, I cannot escape your hand. Why? Because she should be stoned for doing that. Because she's married. So if she's caught to be laying with some other man, she will be stoned. See, and the thing about it during this time, our people were stoning people who they didn't even have proof. If they came together and said you did something, you was dead. Period. This is what was going on. These were corrupt elders. Continue, brother. Verse 23. It is better for me to fall into your hands and not do it than to sin in the sight of the Lord. Read that again. It is better for me to fall into your hands and not do it than to sin in the sight of the Lord. Look at, look at this. This is Susanna. This is what she said in her wisdom. She said, it's better for me to fall in your hands and let you say whatever you're going to say than for me to break the Most High's law. You're not going to force me to break that law. Right. Look at that. I don't care what you're talking about. That's righteous. Mm-hmm. Don't let nobody manipulate you into doing what you know is wrong. Mm-hmm. Read that again, brother. Read the scripture before that, actually. Verse 22. Then Susanna sighed and said, I am straightened on every side. For if I do this thing, it is death unto me. And if I do it not, and I, I cannot escape your hands. It is better for me to fall into the hands and not do it than to sin in the sight of the Lord. See, so she was cognizant of the Most High even while this was transpiring. That was what was on her mind. That's the first thing that was on her mind. That's what need to be on our mind, ladies. This is what you want to be on her mind, brothers. The Most High. What do the Most High think about that? Maybe I should talk to the Most High about that. Regarding everything. Regarding everything. Continue, brother. Verse 24. With that, Susanna cried with a loud voice, and the two elders cried out against her. Then ran the one and opened the garden door. So when the servants of the house heard the cry in the garden, they rushed in at a privy door to see what was done unto her. Read that again. Verse 26. So when the servants of the house heard the cry in the garden, they rushed in at a privy door to see what was done unto her. But when the elders had declared their matter, the servants were greatly ashamed. For there was never such a report made of Susanna. Right. So once these brothers started to be untruthful, right, the servants were greatly ashamed. And see, that's the problem with believing stuff when there's no proof. Because they didn't even have any proof. And they already looking at this sister like she did something. And that's how gossip gets started. There was no counsel, no investigation. 
Sometimes we just want to believe something about a sister or a brother because we don't really like them. So we don't want to do the investigation because we don't want to be found out that it's not true. I'd rather just run with it. I heard it, so... Yeah, she, she, she was out there whoring. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Yeah. See? This is what was going on. Read that scripture one more time, brother. Verse 27. But when the elders had declared their matter, the servants were greatly ashamed. For there was never such a report made of Susanna. And it came to pass the next day. Now, notice it said there was never such a report made of Susanna. Why? Because this was a godly woman, right? Everybody knew this. This was a godly woman. Her husband was a man of God, right? So this was, that's why the servants were ashamed. Why? Because this was highly incendiary and shameful that, you know, they like, you would stoop to this, sister? We never seen you do nothing like this. So her friends were even ashamed. Those who knew her were ashamed for her. Look at this. See, now these brothers are trying to smear this sister. Continue, brother. Verse 28. And it came to pass the next day when the people were assembled to her husband, Joachim, the two elders came also full of mischievous imagination against Susanna to put her to death. See, so now they come together to her husband. Now they have all types of things in their imagination to try to kill this sister because by law she should be killed if she's caught with a man. So because she turned them down, now they're looking to kill her. Now they're looking to kill her. Continue, brother. Verse 29. And said before the people, send for Susanna, the daughter of Chelsea, Joachim's wife. And so they sent. So she came with her father and mother, her children, and all her kindred. Now, Susanna was a very delicate woman and beauteous, beauteous to behold. Right. See, so she was radiant, radiant. She was stunning. See, this is a this is common amongst the children of Israel. Look how many times we've heard that in the Bible to prove to you that it's not against, it's not wrong to be beautiful. It's wrong for that to be, you know, for brothers to choose a woman based on that. That's what it's saying. There should be a relationship with the Most High first. And then if you're attracted to it, then that also. But that should not be the sole, you know, the deciding factor on how we choose a woman. What color is her eyes? And what's her shoe size? And what's her waist? And what's her hair? No. No, that's vanity. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to Holofernes. See? Continue, brother. Verse 32. And these wicked men commanded to uncover her face. Read that again. And these wicked men commanded to uncover her face, for she was covered, that they might be filled with her beauty. See, so they make you think this is an Islam thing. Our sisters were already covering her face. She was so beautiful, she kept her face covered because she didn't want brothers to stumble. Look at that. Read that again, brother. She knew her beauty. Verse 32. And these wicked men commanded to uncover her face, for she was covered. That they might be filled with her beauty. See, she was dazzling and she knew it already. She knew it. That's why she stayed covered. So they pulled it off of her. They like, we need y'all to see this sister. Because if you see her, you'll know that she was dealing out there. Look how beautiful this sister is. Look, look at this. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 32. And these wicked men commanded to uncover her face. For she was covered. That they might be filled with her beauty. Therefore her friends and all that saw her wept. Then the two elders stood up in the midst of the people and laid their hands upon her head. And she was weeping and she weeping looked up towards heaven for her treat, for her heart trusted in the Lord. Look at this. Even during this, while these brothers are lying on her and trying to have her killed, she's praying to the most high. 
Look at this. This is a virtuous woman. Continue. Verse 36. And the elders said, as we walked in the garden alone, this woman came in with two maids and shut the garden doors and sent the maids away. Then a young man who there was hid came unto her and lay with her. Read that again. Verse 37. Then a young man who there was hid came unto her and lay with her. Then we that stood in a corner of the garden, seeing this wickedness, ran into them. Look at this. They said, yeah, we, we, we caught her. It was a young dude in there. She sent her maids away, and we was in the corner. We, we saw. We saw him. So we ran up to him. Look at this. They making a whole stringent story behind this, behind their lust. Continue, brother. <clears throat> Verse 38. Then we that stood in a corner of the garden, seeing this wickedness, ran into them. And when we saw them together, the man we could not, the man we could not hold. Read that again. Verse 39. And when we saw them together, the man we could not hold, for he was stronger than we, and opened the door and leaped out. Look at how disingenuous they're being. Now they done made up the strength of this, (laughs) this make-believe guy. They're like, he was strong. He was young. We couldn't even hold him down. Look at this. These brothers are straight up liars. Being led through their flesh. And this sister did what? She's praying to the Most High at this time. Look at that. Continue, brother. Verse 40. But having taken this woman, we asked who the young man was. But she would not tell us. These things do we testify. See? Read that again. Verse 40. But having taken this woman, we asked who the young man was. But she would not tell us. These things do we testify. See, we asked who he was. She wouldn't tell us who he was. Look at this. Continue, brother. Verse 41. Then the assembly believed them as those that were the elders and judges of the people. So they condemned her to death. Read that again, brother. Verse 41. Then the assembly believed them as those that were elders and judges of the people. So they condemned her to death. See, because these brothers were respected that the people did no counsel, no interrogation, no cross-examination. They just believed it because these brothers were so well-respected. And I can tell you one thing. They didn't get... This is not... This couldn't have been their first time doing this. This couldn't have... They, they probably been doing this all over Israel. I'm sure they didn't just try this this first time. Continue, brother. Verse 42. Then Susanna cried out with a loud voice and said... Said what? O everlasting God, that knoweth the secrets, and knoweth all things before they be. Thou knowest that they have borne false witness against me. And behold, I must die. Whereas I never did such things as these men have maliciously invented against me. See, so during this whole time, she's praying to the Most High. This is a virtuous woman right here. This is honorable. Continue, brother. Verse 44. And the Lord heard her voice. Therefore, when she was led to be put to death, the Lord raised up the Holy Spirit of a young youth whose name was Daniel. Daniel! He was young at this time. The Holy Spirit, the Most High, he had the Holy Spirit in him. So now the Holy Spirit is getting ready to control Daniel. Read, brother. Verse 46, who cried with a loud voice, I am clear from the blood of this woman. Read that again. Who cried with a loud voice, I am clear from the blood of this woman. He said, I'm wiping my hands of this. I don't want nothing to do with this. I'm wiping my hands of this sister's blood. I don't want nothing to do with this. This is the Holy Spirit utilizing Daniel as a young man. Continue. Verse 47. Then all the people turned them toward him and said, 
what mean these words that thou hast spoken? He like they like what you mean you 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 what, what you mean you clean your hands with this? They just said she she was in there with with the young strong guy. Look at this. See what you mean? Continue, brother. Verse forty eight. So he standing in the midst of them said, "Are ye such fools, ye sons of Israel?" Read that again. Are ye such fools, ye sons of Israel, that without examination or knowledge of the truth, ye have condemned the daughter of Israel? See, look at this. They said, without, how could you condemn a daughter of Zion without any investigation or cross-examination? Look at this. This is a youth here, being the Holy Spirit, utilizing them. they like, so you're just going to take these brothers' word for it? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 48. So he standing in the midst of them said, are ye such fools, ye sons of Israel, that without examination or knowledge of the truth, ye have condemned a daughter of Israel? Return again to the place of judgment, for they have borne false witness against her. Look at Daniel standing up for this sister. See? And it helped that this sister was already known for being virtuous and a woman of God. Because if you're somebody who's already known to be promiscuous or loose, I don't think anybody's standing up for you because you probably did. <laughs> you probably did. See? Continue, brother. Verse 50. Wherefore all the people turned again in haste, and the elder said unto him, Come, sit down among us and show it us, seeing God hath given thee the honor of an elder. Read that again, brother. Verse 50. Wherefore all the people turned again in haste, and the elder said unto him, Come, sit down among us and show it us, seeing God hath given thee the faith, the honor of of an elder. Right. So the most high must be giving you some information. I need you to show it to me. They want they went back to the court area where the judgment was and said, "So how do you figure that she didn't do this?" Now they're asking. So Susanna chapter 1 verse 50. Now what have transpired has now Daniel said he wiped his hands against this because he feel like something is not adding up. Now this is a young boy here at this time, Daniel who is now revered and honored as one of our forefathers. But Daniel, something about it didn't seem right to him because the Most High had the Holy Spirit in him where he could he could feel somebody trying to be deceitful. He had that gift. Check this out. Look what happens. Read verse 50, brother. Verse 50. Wherefore all the people turned again in haste, and the elders said unto him, Come, sit down among us and show it us. Saying, God hath given thee the honor of an elder. See, the honor of an elder. How do you know that it's not true? You, you have the matter to judge? What do you mean that, how you, how are you so, you know, why are you trying to circumvent this? What proof do you have? Because you're austere in your measure. How he spoke, remember he said he cried out. So he was loud, but he didn't speak under his breath. He used authority to say, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. Continue, brother. Verse 51. Then said Daniel unto them, Put these two aside, one far from another, and I will examine them. Read that again. 51. Then said Daniel unto them, Put these two aside, one far from another, and I will examine them. See, so I know we think CSI and you know <laughs> law and order, they're the ones who came up with cross-examination. Daniel was doing this thousands of years ago. He said, split them apart. I'm going to talk to both of them. Look at this. This is the Most High using Daniel to save this sister. Continue, brother. Verse 52. So when they were put asunder one from another, he called one of them and said unto him, O thou that art waxen old in wickedness, now thy sins which thou hast committed 
aforetime or come to light. They see the sins that you have committed before time. Because he, he's telling them, this is not the first time you did this. Mm-hmm. This ain't the first time you did this. And you just got caught? Nah. You done this before to many daughters of Israel. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 52. So when they were put asunder one from another, he called one of them and said unto him, O thou that art waxen old in wickedness, now thy sins which thou hast committed aforetime are come to light. For thou hast pronounced false judgment and hast condemned the innocent. See, remember, they weren't giving just judgment, remember? Because they had fallen off. The Holy Spirit had to leave them because they were dealing in that spirit of lust. Continue, brother. Verse 53. For thou hast pronounced false judgment and hast condemned the innocent and hast let the guilty go free. Albeit the Lord saith, the innocent and righteous shalt thou not slay. Now then, if thou hast seen her, tell me. Under what tree saw thou them com- companying together? Read that again, brother. Verse 54. Now then, if thou hast seen her, tell me under what tree saw thou them companying together? So what tree were they under? You said you saw them. What, what tree were they under? <laughs> See, look at this. Continue, brother. Who answered under a ma- mastic tree. A mastic tree. So he said it's under a mastic tree. That's a, it's a tree that's like gum resin almost. A mastic tree. To show you that we actually had the knowledge of trees at that time too. Continue, brother. Verse 55. And Daniel said, Very well, thou hast lied against thine own head. <laughs> Read it again, brother. <laughs> Verse 55. And Daniel said, Very well, thou hast lied against thine own head. For even now the angel of God hath received the sentence of God to cut thee in two. See, so he's saying that because in, in our prayers we say it is in heaven, as, in, as on earth as it is in heaven. So there's a, a, this same world is mimicked in the heavens. So the angel was going to come take him down. And this was going on in the heavens already. So what happens here is supposed to happen in the heavens. Or what happens in the heavens is supposed to happen here. In the heavens, it's quiet on the Sabbath. It's supposed to be quiet here. They mimic each other. That's what's supposed to be going on. So the angel have already received judgment to cut you in two. That's what he's saying. In heaven. Read it one more time, brother. Verse 55, and Daniel said, very well, thou hast lied against thine own head. For even now the angel of God hath received the sentence of God to cut thee in two. So he put him aside and commanded to bring the other and said unto him, O thou seed of Chanan and not of, Ju- and not of Judah. Yeah, the seed of Canaan. Now we know the Canaanites. We know who that is. Arch enemies of the Most High. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 56. So he put him aside and commanded to bring the other and said unto him, O thou seed of Canaan. Now look at what he's calling him, seed of Canaan. This is an Israelite though. See, why is that? Why is he calling him a seed of Canaan? He wouldn't even refer to him as Israel. See, read that one more time, brother. Verse 56. So he put him aside and commanded to bring the other and said unto him, O thou seed of Canaan and not Judah, beauty hath deceived thee. And lust hath perverted thine heart. See, so he took his his he took his 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 inheritance away. You're not even an Israelite no more. Why is he why is he saying he's not an Israelite no more? Let's prove it by going to Romans two twenty nine. This is why he called him a seed of Canaan. Let us show you why. Romans two twenty nine. We know that he's an elder, so that means he has to be an Israelite. Why is he calling them seed of Canaan? Romans 2, verse 29. But he is a Jew 
which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart. See, that's why. Because your heart ain't righteous. So even though you would you, through blood you a Jew, you're not really a Jew because you haven't circumcised your heart. See, because remember his heart was after evil. See? So it don't matter who you are on the outside. On the inside, if you're not an Israelite, which means following the laws of the Most High, then you're not an Israelite. See? Read it again, brother. Verse 29. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, and the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. See? So he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. So this brother was a Jew. That means, of course, we know you have a flesh Israelite. But if you're not following Christ, then it don't matter that you're an Israelite because you're not going to make it just because you're the seed of Abraham. That's what he's saying. See, so your heart was uncircumcised. Your foreskin may have been circumcised in the, you know, in the flesh, but your heart wasn't. So you, I'm not even going to refer to you as an Israelite. You're a seed of Canaan. That's what he straight up told him. Let's go back to that scripture. We just wanted to give you the understanding of why he was calling an Israelite the seed of Canaan. That's 1 in 56. Verse 56. So he put him aside and commanded to bring the other and said unto him, O thou seed of Canaan and not of Judah, beauty hath deceived thee and lust hath perverted thine heart. See, so her beauty deceived you to the point where you lusted and now you're going to lose your life behind this. Read, brother. Verse 57. Thus have he dealt with the daughters of Israel and they for fear company with you. Read that again. Verse 57. Thus have you dealt with the daughters of Israel, and they for fear company with you. But the daughters of Judah would not abide your wickedness. See, so what he's saying is you've done this before. And the sisters went along with it for they were scared that you would come against them. See, this is not the first time these brothers did this. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 57. Thus have ye dealt with the daughters of Israel... And they for fear company with you. Now we know that you have Israel and Judah. Judea is the Benjamites, uh, Benjamin, Levi, and Judah. And then you had the northern tribes who are the native and the quote-unquote Hispanic tribes. So they were two different kingdoms. That's why I'm saying this. Read it again, brother. Verse 57. Thus have ye dealt with the daughters of Israel, and they for fear company with you. But the daughters of Judah would not abide your wickedness. See? Continue. Verse 58. Now therefore tell me, under what tree didst thou take them company together? Who answered, under a home tree. See, so now he said a different tree. So now they lie. One said a monster tree, one said a home tree. See, so he caught it. There it is. See, read that one more time, brother. Verse 58. Now therefore tell me, under what tree didst thou take them company together? Who answered, under a home tree. Then said Daniel unto him, well, thou hast also lied against thine own head, for the angel of God waiteth with the sword to cut thee in two, that he may destroy you. Now, why are they going to die? Because when you were proven to be given false judgment, you received that punishment you were trying to impress upon somebody else. See? So because they were in their imagination thinking of ways to kill her, since they were found to be lying, now they die. Look at how that works. Read, brother. Verse 60. With that, all the assembly cried out with a loud voice and praised God, who saveth them that trust in him. Read that again. Verse 60. With that, all the assembly cried out with a loud voice and praised God, who saveth them that trust in him. 
And they arose against the two elders, for Daniel had convicted them of false witness by their own mouth. And according to the law of Moses, they did unto them in, in such sort as they maliciously intended to do to their neighbors. Read that again, brother. Verse 62. And according to the law of Moses, they did unto them in such sort as they maliciously intended to do to their neighbors. See, so the malicious intent they had to that sister happened to them because they're called to be lying. See, that's righteous. Because you've been doing this around. You've been doing this to other sisters. And this this sister just happened to not go for it. She, she didn't, you know, she didn't sleep with you. She, she, you know, she turned you down and had faith in the most high. She said, what did she say? I'd rather, you know, just die than to do this and be a sinner in the eyes of the most high God. I'd rather you just lie on me. See? And look, she did that. And look what happened. Continue, brother. Verse 62. And according to the law of Moses, they did unto them in such sort as they maliciously intended to do to their neighbor. And they put them to death. Thus the innocent blood was saved the same day. See, the innocent blood was saved because Susanna was saved. She didn't do anything. It was these brothers who did it. Continue, brother. Verse 63. Therefore, Chelseas and his wife praised God for their daughter, Susanna, with jo Joachim, her husband, and all the kindred, because there was no dishonesty found in her. From that day forth was Daniel had in, a, in great reputation in the sight of the people. Read that scripture one more time. Verse 64. From that day forth was Daniel had in great reputation in the sight of the people. Right. So from that day forward, Daniel was viewed as a man of justice. And he was smart. He was knowledgeable because they already was ready to put her to death. Mm -hmm. And then the Holy Spirit used him to examine them and find that they were liars right out of their own mouth. They both said two different trees. You're a liar. Right out of your own mouth, now they died. And that was a great story that we tell today to, to show that this is a virtuous woman. Don't let somebody compromise you or manipulate you because they may want to shame your name or scare you into doing something. If you know it's wrong to the most high, then you should die in righteousness if that's what it takes. She didn't even have to die, but she wasn't going to compromise herself because she had faith in the most high God. See? Look at that. And there was a brother there that was had a relationship with the Most High, Daniel, who spoke up for her. Now, we have three more, three or four more scriptures. We're going to go to Proverbs 31 and 10. We just wanted to go into the history of some of our foremothers and the righteousness and the wit that they had, along with the beauty. And how they used it to better their nation. Proverbs 31 and 10 through 12. Proverbs 31 verse 10. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. See, it says, who can find a virtuous woman? So virtuous women do exist. The ratio is a little skewed from, you know, a virtuous woman and a loose, promiscuous, stiff-necked woman. The ratios are off. It's not many virtuous women out there. But there are some. Continue, brother. Verse 11. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Right, so if you find a virtuous woman and you marry a virtuous woman, she will take care of you for the rest of her life. See, that's a virtuous woman. Why? Because she feared God. She feared the Most High. See, there are virtuous women out there. These are the, the characters... That we want to promote to our children, to our young ladies. This is righteous. 
This is righteous. Not what's calling on, on the reality TV shows. Let's go to Timothy. 1 Timothy 2 and 19. Uh, excuse me, 2 and 9. We got two scriptures after this and we'll close it out. This is a lesson on honorable and virtuous women. We wanted to go into the history so we can kind of change that myth that's in the air that Israelite women have never been righteous. They are stiff-necked. They are manipulative. They are materialistic. And only, only they care about is their hair, their shoes, and nails. See, this is what they want us to believe. They'll never tell you these stories because they don't want you in that spirit. Continue, brother. First Timothy 2, verse 9. In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls of costly array. Now, is it saying that you can't do these things? No, that's not what it's saying. What it's saying is these things can't be what's important to you over the most high. These things, you can do these things because we just read women who had modest apparel and, you know, gold and braided hair. But that can't be the bane of your existence. Brothers, you can't put a sister in that box about just getting her hair and nails done and think she's going to stay there. She's not going to stay there. See? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 9. In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety. Not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array. Now, modest apparel, that's a key thing. Because some brothers, some sisters also think that pants are not for women. And they don't know people from the Middle East. And they've probably never been to the Middle East. Because in the Middle East, sisters wear pants. They're wearing it under a garb, though. But they're wearing pants. They're modest pants that don't really show what's going on. In Israel, it's hard to not show because... That's how the Most High made us. But the the women in the Middle Eastern countries are wearing pants. They're just not wearing, you know, stuff to be showing their figure and stuff like that. But if you can see them, they have on a garb, a long garb, and they have pants right under the garb. So the key thing is modest apparel. Modest apparel, as long as it's modest. That's fine. Continue, brother. Verse 10. But which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. This was just to prove to you that even though these sisters were prophetess or had some type of uh, prestige, they still was in order with their man. That's why the Most High was dealing with them, because they were in order. No matter how much authority they had, they didn't have authority over a congregation or over their husband. See? So how can a woman be a pastor if the Bible's saying, read it again, brother. Verse 12. Verse, but I 11. Suffer, verse 11. Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. So how can she be a teacher in a congregation? Now, women are the best teachers. They're patient. They teach kids. You know, they're dealing on maybe a Sunday school, you know, stuff like that. Women's Bible studies and stuff. But they can't be in authority over a congregation that have men in it. it that didn't happen in the Bible. Read, read that again, brother. Verse 11. Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. See, so he did that on purpose. Because if he wanted it the other way around, he would have did it the other way around. Adam was first. 
So sisters have a place and we just went into some sisters that we're still reading of thousands of years later and they were in order. So you can be in order and show your strength and show your power. See, let's go to first Peter three and one. And we're going to go to Proverbs after that and close it out. First Peter chapter three, verse one. First Peter three, verse one. Likewise, ye wives be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. See, so some people are going to be won just by how the wives are acting, how the girls are acting. That's going to cause other women to want to come and learn it. Not from, you know, following laws. It's strictly from the conversation of the sisters or the family to see how the family is together. Read it again, brother. Verse one, likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be warned by the conversation of their of the wives. See, so our sisters married or not should be promoting this kind of spirit because that will cause other brothers and sisters to follow it. Even brothers, if you can follow the most high. A brother would definitely get down with you because you can follow the most high. And I, I know you can listen to me. See, read, brother. Verse two, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair and wearing of gold or putting on of apparel. Right. Read, read three again, brother. It's it says. Platinum. Yeah. Verse three. Whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting the hair and wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel. To prove you that your man is not going to follow because of what you look like. No matter how good your hair is, that's not going to keep your man righteous. No matter how good you think you look, that's not going to keep your man righteous. What will keep your man righteous is your sincerity and fear to the most high. That's what it is that you can bring in, especially if he's not following the most high. You can look all nice as you want to look, wear whatever you want to wear, you know, be made up, have your hair look, all of that can be fine. But that is not going to get that man over to the truth where you want him. Continue, brother. Verse four. But let it be the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible. Read that again. Verse four. But let it be the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. Which is in the sight of God of great price. See, that's what gets them to come to the truth. Even if you have an unbelieving husband or boyfriend or somebody you're dealing with or looking to deal with. See, it's not going to be how good you look, how banging you are. That's going to get this brother to come to righteousness. It's something else. It's just sincerity and fear and obedience to the most high. That's what will grab that brother. Continue. Verse five. For after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. See, so all those women that we read about, the ones who were still married and the ones who were married before were in subjection. See, and they were still great because you being in subjection doesn't affect your power at all. They would have, want you to believe that. If you if if you let him tell if you let him tell you what to do and you covering your hair and you dressing like that, he controlling you. You being controlled now. This is what they want you to feel. That's a trick. Continue, brother. Verse six. 
even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to, to knowledge. Read that again. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife, as unto the, we, un, unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Right. So what he's saying is husbands... Deal with them according to knowledge. You mean, don't just go into scriptures and things like that when you're trying to correct them. Grow together, learn together, pray together. That's what he's saying. Don't just try to bring up what the Most High said when you're trying to correct her. Don't deal with her like that because that's not the right way to deal. And it also says, give honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. So she is the weaker vessel regardless of what she says. So you need to understand that as a man and understand that she's not a man. Regardless of how she's talking, she's not a man. So she's not going to understand everything you think she should understand because she's not a man. She's not going to see things the way you think she should see. She's the weaker vessel and you need to honor that, which means let her win sometimes. Calm your voice down. Get out of her face. That's what this is saying. She's the weaker vessel. Regardless if she thinks she's right or whatever, she whatever. She's the weaker vessel. She may not understand where you're coming from. She may not gonna understand where you're coming from. <laughs> Respect that. Continue, brother. Verse verse 8. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one for another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous. See, so you must be as one mind, having compassion one for another. Continue. Verse 9. Not rendering evil for evil. Or railing for railing, but con- contrariwise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called that ye should inherit a blessing. See, so don't render evil for evil. So because a brother did something wrong or he was angry with you today or vice versa, you just go back and forth like that. Like we use that analogy. It's a, a Mexican standoff. Both got your guns. Like, I'm not dropping my gun. You're wrong. You're wrong. No, you're wrong. See? We have to not render evil for evil. Well, yeah, he cheated on me. So, you know what? I'm going out to the club. I'm putting on the tightest thing I got. I'm putting on my little sister's dress. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't render evil for evil. Yeah, well, you know what? My girl, she wasn't answering the phone. I'm going to go call my old girl up. Let's go talk to her for a little bit. Make her jealous. Don't do that. Because you are to inherit your blessing together. Adam and Eve were to have dominion together. Last scripture, Proverbs 12 and 4, virtuous woman. Proverbs 12, verse 4. A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. See? So a sister who is virtuous, when she find a husband or she have a husband, she is the crown on that king. Read that part one more time, brother. Verse 4. A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. Right. See, so we wanted to just go in today to what a virtuous woman was and kind of give some levity to the strength of our sisters and show them in a good light because they're never shown in their strength for some reason. And we wanted to put a magnifying glass on our sisters to show how strong and witty and beautiful our sisters are and how they can affect and help our nation. So we want to say sin no more. And Kwam Yashala. Kwam Yashala.
was lost But now I'm found I'm a child of Israel I heard the Give me the strength to stand today With my eyes towards the east Show me the way To Zion I'm on my knees Laying my life on the line I'm begging I know 